Today, I want to uh, share a message with you, um, something that's been on my heart for a while. We've, we teach a concept here at North Place called uh, your daily 20. How many of you have ever heard of a daily 20? We talk about it a lot here. It's a basic commitment uh, that we make to one another. Uh, Meredith mentioned earlier uh, our discipleship pathway. We as a community, as a spiritual community, are on a discipleship journey together. And uh, I grew up in church and I grew up around church and I heard uh, the concept of being a disciple or disciple making and uh, growing up and being around that. I heard about it, but I didn't really always understand what it meant. Of course, I grew up in Sunday school hearing the stories about how Jesus traveled around uh, and he, was, uh, he had his disciples and how he traveled around with them. And, um, and so I was confused by that when, they, when people told me that I had to be a disciple. I was kind of looking for the long-haired hippie guy that I was supposed to follow around. Anybody besides me? <laughs> Usually that guy in the church you wanted to avoid because he was weird. So you didn't want to really follow the, that guy around. So I was like, how do you become a disciple? What, is that, what does that look like? And, and then, of course, there would be classes, and there would be different things, and there would be books that you would read. And, and all of that was wonderful, but sometimes it seemed, it seemed really complicated. And sometimes it felt like, it felt like am I, this is how I felt. Maybe you never had this experience. Sometimes it felt like, am I doing this right? Because I would do the stuff I was supposed to do, and it didn't seem to work in my life. Any one of you... Like I would, like the guy would come through and pray this way and this is going to happen. And so I would pray that way and it didn't happen or give me all your money and this will happen. And I would give them all my money and that wouldn't happen. I would go to the, I would go to the extra meetings and it just, sometimes it was great and there was progress, but then sometimes it didn't happen. And I, I think for a long time in my life, I didn't understand that what being a disciple was and, and how disciple making worked. And it wasn't about following the weird hippie guy around, and it really wasn't, uh, it wasn't about fads, that it really was about just a, a daily commitment uh, to become more like Jesus, that it, it was a daily commitment uh, to, to have a relationship with God in which I was vulnerable and open and honest, and I spoke openly and honestly to God, and, and I allowed God to speak to me, and then when God spoke to me, I responded to how he spoke to me. And there are lots of tools, and, and I, I make light of it, and there are lots of classes and tools. And, and in a couple of weeks, we're going, to be doing, uh, we're going to be doing a course for four weeks on praying effectively. Um, I, don't, I don't know about you, but that's an area where I always feel like I can grow, is learning to pray more effectively. And if you feel that way, you should come be a part of that on Sunday evenings. Uh, and those things are wonderful. But here at North Place, we've tried to, we've tried to boil down uh, or, or make really simple, the concept of, of being a disciple. We've tried to break it down into two questions that we ask ourselves every day. What is, what is uh, God saying to me, and what am I going to do about it? Now, you could build a lot of things around that, uh, but we try to make it that simple. And a part of figuring out what is God saying to me is the daily 20, and we've, we've talked about that for the last several years and then the next part of that, we say, what is God saying to me? And then we say, what are we going to do about it? The next part, I want to introduce that to you today. I believe it's the next part of our daily 20. And I think that it'll help you and I grow as disciples. What I, what I believe will be important is if 
we understand the power of intentionality. This is what I didn't get growing up. For me, discipleship was running after whatever was in front of me, right? It was, if this, these meetings were happening, then I was running after that. If this class was happening, I was running after that. Other times I was running after whatever felt good to me and didn't have anything to do with Jesus. I was just running after whatever was in front of me. Shiny object, here I go, right? Any of you like that? I know some of you are like that because I know you well enough to know you get distracted easily. I'm that way. I can get distracted easily. But what, I have, what I've learned is that development in my life, whether it be development professionally, development in a relationship, and even spiritual development, what we would call discipleship, all happens effectively through intentionality. And so when we talk about a daily 20, I know, I know some of the feedback that we get is, what, you only tell people to pray five minutes a day? That's not enough. Well, what I've been pastoring a long time, what I feel like is if I could just get people praying five minutes a day, that's a win. Because most people struggle to pray every day, period, much less an hour a day. I love it when I meet somebody and they're a new convert or they've just come back to the Lord. And, Pastor Randy, I'm going to pray an hour every day. I'm like, that is awesome. And I see them a week later. How's that going? Well, hey, let's start with something more realistic. How about five minutes? So we've boiled down the discipleship journey to something simple. Uh, a first half of it we call the Daily 20. And today we're going to talk about the second half. And I'm going to remind you a little bit about the Daily 20. One of our favorite books of the Bible here at North Place is Romans, and any time that we're between sermon series, a lot of times I come back to the book of Romans because it is a probably one of the most relevant frameworks for us as modern believers. Paul uh, sort of birthing and developing the church in the Roman world, it, it really relates a lot to us. And so we're going to look at Romans 12 a little bit today, but I want to start with this statement. See, our lives are a collection of things we believe Choices we make and patterns we follow. Basically, if I, can, if I can have some time to observe what you believe, I can ask you a few questions and find out what you believe. Not what you say you believe, but what you actually believe. If I can find out what you believe, if I can, if I can observe the choices you make, which is how I know what you really believe, not what you say you believe, but the choices that you make. Uh, so, for instance, some of us say we believe uh, in, in being healthy, uh, but I discovered a new treat this week called an affogato. Uh, it is two scoops of ice cream with a shot of espresso over it. Um, if you ask me, I would tell you I believe in being healthy, but my choices this week say uh, that I believe in some other things as well. I had a couple of those this week. The point being that we could say we believe something, but our choices reveal what we really believe. Our lives are the collection of what we really believe, the choices we make, and what those choices end up becoming are patterns in our life. It's, it's okay to have an affogato uh, on Thursday night at quiz night, uh, but the problem was is that I had one the next day. Uh, now we're looking at a pattern. Patterns then start to ingrain, um, start to ingrain habits in my life, and habits can lead me away from 
my values. It can lead me away from what I believe in. It can lead me away from the person that I intend to be, that I believe that God has called me to be. And so you and I have to be the kind of people who are honest enough with ourselves about every area of our life, whether it be our spiritual journey, whether it be our marriage or our career. Some of us are highly frustrated in our jobs, our careers, our businesses. And, and what I would encourage us to do is to be really honest with ourselves. What do, we, what do we really believe? Not what we say we believe. What do we really believe? Well, how do I know what I really believe? Well, look at your behaviors and then look at your patterns because your patterns are revealing your, your patterns are revealing what you and I really believe. And our spiritual patterns reveal what we really believe about God. And, and get this, what we believe God believes about us. This is probably one of the greatest concepts I feel responsible to teach you as your pastor. Or one of the greatest things that I feel like I'm called to challenge is your, in your life is what you believe God believes about you. Because the lie of the enemy, if you read in Genesis chapter 2 and 3, the, the, the lie of the enemy, the purpose or the plan of the enemy is to convince you that God believes something about you that's not true. And the moment that he can start to convince you that, that God believes something about you that's not true, he can start to affect your choices, and that starts to embed patterns in your life, which start to lead you and I away from God. I said we were going to look at Romans chapter 12. Let me read verses 1 and 2 to you. It says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. We talked about this passage of scripture several times because often uh, people will tell, you, tell me, I, Randy, I wanna be a Christian, I wanna follow God, but I don't know what God wants me to do. And, and Paul starts to outline for the people exactly how you know what God's will is. How do, basically, how do you live effectively as a child of God? How do I, remember we, we, we said discipleship is simple. What is God saying to you and what are you going to do about it? Romans chapter 12 really is Paul sort of outlining this. Let's, let's talk about knowing what God is saying to you and then what you and I are going to do about it. Paul is saying, here's how you become a disciple. And we've taught you this many, many times when you see therefore in scripture, it's basically, it's basically saying what I'm about to say is based on what I just said. So in your daily 20 this week, you can go back and you can read chapter 11 and you can see Paul says the argument that I'm about to make right now, the instructions that I'm going to give you is based on the truth that I just delivered to you. And the truth that he had just delivered to them was who God was. And who they were, what God believed about them, what God said about them. He was correcting that idea of what God said about them. And as he corrected this idea of what God believed about them, he said, in light of what God believes about you, your life patterns can begin to be different. Your choices can begin to be different. You can be empowered to be fruitful and blessed in every area of your life based on who God who God says you are, how God loves you, 
based on the reality that we celebrated earlier when we celebrated communion, that Jesus shed his blood so that the power of sin would no longer have control in your life and my life, that habits could be broken that had controlled me up until this day. The power of the blood says that stuff no longer owns me. Paul said, based on that, based on the gospel, based on this new position that we have in Christ, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to set a new pattern in your life. To set a new pattern in your life. To let your your life not be built around worshiping yourself or worshiping idols, but to let your life be built around worshiping God. And, And Paul takes this concept of worship to a whole nother level. He says the concept of worship is not just about the songs we sing on Sunday. I've mentioned this before. One of my favorite moments in my week is about halfway through the first song, because that's when everybody gets in the room, and I start to hear all of you sing. I love that moment. I love when I hear your voices, and I hear us worshiping together. There's just something beautiful about that, and In that moment, almost every week, I kind of have this flash and imagine what heaven is going to be like when every nation and every tongue and every every race and every creed of people are going to be there and they're going to worship the Lord. And I, I feel like I get a taste of that every week. But Paul says, listen, worship isn't limited to just that. Worship isn't just limited to the songs we sing. Worship is is really about the people that we are. Paul says, take every part of your life, every part of your being. That means not just your Sunday morning at 940, but your Monday, your Tuesday, your Wednesday, your Thursday. Every choice, every decision, every interaction. He said, make that worship. Challenges us to consider that every part of our life is an act of worship. Meredith said to Pastor Meredith said to us earlier, with the, the choices that we, we, we make with our money, we shouldn't make them out of fear toward God, not a negative kind of fear, but we should understand that what we do with it is worship. Every part of what we do with it, how we steward it is worship. There's an amazing book uh, called Atomic Habits written by a man named James Clear. Um, and you can, you can look James Clear up online. You can see, um, especially on YouTube, you can see a lot of lectures that he's given. And uh, I would highly encourage you to check out this book called Atomic Habits. But he makes this statement. He says this, the identity that we hold drives the actions we take and the results we get. Let me say that again. The identity that we hold drives the actions we take and the results we get. So in Romans chapter 11, Paul is establishing our identity as children of God. He speaks specifically about the Jewish people, and then he speaks about the Gentile people. And he's correcting and making, making sure everyone understands the identity that we have as children of God. And when Paul says, therefore, based on our identity of ch- as children of God, guess what? We have different kinds of actions because all of our actions are worship. Now, get this, every interaction that I have with every person is an act of worship. If my body, if my life, the way Paul talks about it, if every part of me is a living sacrifice, that means every interaction, every choice, every decision is either worship of myself 
or worship of God. I just went, woo, next level. Because that's exactly what Paul is doing right there. He's taking it next level. He's saying, he's saying, hey, hang on a second. Realizing the significance of what God did for you through Jesus Christ, do you not understand that you have the opportunity to live at an entirely different level where the Holy Spirit can help you be responsible for every choice and decisions? Now all of a sudden, now all of a sudden, the way that I talk to my wife is worship of God or it's self-worship. Every business deal is either an act of worship of God as a Christ follower. Therefore, based on what I just said in Romans chapter 11, every business deal either demonstrates my identity as child of God or it aligns with my old identity. I'm going to just say it plain because it's Paul's language, not my, as child of the devil. That's, that's what he's saying. Every, everything I do is either aligning with an old identity or it's aligning with a new identity. My choices, my choices and my patterns reveal my worship. And Paul says, listen, the, the good thing for you and I, Romans chapter 12, the great thing, the blessing for you and I is we have the power of the Holy Spirit to give us this new identity, to realign our worship, to give me an intentionality now in every interaction, in every conversation, in everything that I do, I can be intentional about, let me align with this with the kingdom of God or let me stay aligned with the kingdom of darkness. So we teach you to ask yourself the question, what is God saying to you? The ushers are going to help me. I have a sheet of paper I'm going to give to you today. They're going to start passing this out. Um, I just made this quickly. It's just a little tool. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to run a test. Um, this is just a copy for a daily tool. And if you like it, and if you will use it, we'll make, a, we'll make a little journal type thing, put like 30 days or 60 days in it and make them and make them available. But I, we just want, I wanted to test it and see. So we'll put one of these in your hand. And it's just a dual, it's just a daily tool. And it's a daily tool that kind of helps you with your daily 20 and it'll help you with your daily step, which is what we're going to talk about today. We tell you that discipleship, growing as a disciple, really is based on two questions. What is God saying to me, and what am I going to do about it? I'm not going to spend a long time on the Daily 20 today because it's something we've talked about many, many times, and we'll revisit it again. But, but basically, the Daily 20 is where you arrive at what is God saying to me. The Daily 20 helps answer the question, what is God saying to me? And for those of you who maybe are not familiar with the Daily 20, let me outline it for you very quickly. First of all, uh, it's, it stands for 20 minutes, and, and the first five minutes are five minutes in worship. Uh, we, teach, we teach you to spend 
the first five minutes of your day in worship because it aligns you with the identity of God. I don't know about you, but my life is overwhelming. My job is overwhelming. My problems are overwhelming. I deal with difficult things. And it's easy for me to get up in the morning and to, and to just dr start drowning from the beginning of the day because I'm overwhelmed. And so what we teach you is to start the first five minutes of your day with worship because it gets your eyes off of you and it gets your eyes off of your problem. It's the therefore of Romans chapter 12. It's the stop, stop for a second and think about what is more true than your problems. Think about what is a bigger reality than your reality. So spend your first five minutes in worship. And on this little tool, uh, if you look under daily 20, it just says, what aspect of God did I focus on today? What did I learn about God today in worship? I would encourage you to use this. Take that, and, and some of you are highly cooperative people, and tomorrow or next Sunday, you're gonna bring it back to me. You will have photocopied 26 copies of it, and you'll bring it, and it'll all be filled out. Some of you are very highly uncooperative people, and you're just gonna toss it to the side. And I know that about you. But I would encourage you, even if you're one of those hard-headed, uncooperative people, to try it. Try it for a day and see if it doesn't make a difference. Just write down, be intentional. In my five minutes of worship today, what did I focus on? What aspects of God's nature did I focus on? Or I'll, as I was worshiping, what did I learn about God? You may say, Pastor Randy, how do I do five minutes of worship? Can I tell you, there are all kinds of free, everyone say the word free. free. There are all kinds of free internet radio stations uh, that you can go to to listen to worship. I mean, there's a plethora, a bunch. You just type in free internet radio worship and all of these links will come up. So there's plenty of places that you can get five minutes of worship music if that helps you. Now, for some of you, five minutes of worship, you don't need music in the background. You go outside, you look at nature. Whatever, whatever works for you that gets you into that space that you can focus on an aspect of God. If you're an easily distracted person, then I would tell you, listen to the music. Do something that gets you into that place of worship. But as a way of focus, what I would encourage you to do with this tool is to simply write down what aspect of God now, here's what this does for you. You should have an expectation when you worship, God is gonna reveal himself to you. You should, you should worship with an expectation that you're gonna learn something about God or he's gonna reveal something to you or you wanna focus on some aspect of him. Maybe you're, you're dealing with a lot of shame and guilt and condemnation and so you need to spend five minutes giving him thanks and praise for his mercy and grace because you don't feel like you're an object of mercy and grace right now. Are you with me? Yeah. Some intentionality in your worship moves your worship along. Some of us have a hard time focusing on worship, and if we'll be intentional, it'll help us. The second aspect of your daily 20 is what we call the Word. This simply means reading your Bible. What we want you to do, what we encourage you to do, is to spend five minutes, after you've spent five minutes in worship, spend five minutes reading your Bible. When you read your Bible... Just simply use this tool. What did you read today? When you, when you were filling this out, what did you read? What was the passage? I think it's 
very, very helpful for you to write down what you were reading. Um, or, or what you can also do is what did you observe from your reading? You should have an expectation. How many of you have ever read the Bible and you walked away and were like, so uh, what did that mean? Like just checking a box, right? And see, growing up in church, I, I remember being taught to be a disciple meant I had to read my Bible every day. And I would read, and I'm like, I don't even know what's going on here. This is, God, this is God's living word. You should have an expectation that you're going to experience something from God when you, when you read his word. And can I, can I encourage you um, to use the Bible app on the Bible app? It's simply the Bible app. There are all kinds of reading plans. If you, if you go on there, uh, there are all kinds of plans that you could follow. If there are different aspects of your life, different things you want to learn about God, you can get on different reading plans, and then you can go to it every day with an expectation, I'm going to learn something. Then the third part of your daily 20 is prayer. And, and we have a blank there just for you to write. What are the things that you're talking about, God? Some of you pray every day, but you're not keeping a record of what you're talking to God about, and then you forget. He answers prayers in your life, and you forget. You ask him for daily bread, and he feeds you. He gives you that daily bread every day, and then you get up the next day, and you're like, man, I'm hungry. I wish God would do something for me. And you forget that yesterday he gave you your daily bread. I would encourage you as a disciple, keep up with it. Be intentional about what you're talking to God about. I think what you're going to see is that he has a track record of faithfulness. I think you're going to see that because there's, you know, there's a little bit of history. Romans chapter 11 and Romans chapter 12 was Paul calling back to history and saying, Therefore... Based on this history, based on what God has done, guess what? As a disciple, Romans chapter 12, you can choose differently. You can have different patterns in your life. If you'll keep a record of what you're talking to God about, I think you're going to find that he's responding to you. And then the last thing is listening. What is God saying to me? The biggest problem most people have in this world is they spend too much talking and not enough time listening. Well, you're not very nice. I really am nice, but I'm also honest. And the honest truth is most of us spend too much time talking and not enough time listening. And here's what's really sad. Uh, what's really sad as it relates to God in particular was what I've referred to already in this message. Most of us don't have an expectation that God is talking to us. And yet everything in history Everything in Romans chapter 11, everything in, in the history of Scripture says that God is so desperate for a relationship with you and to connect with you. Why in the world do you think he would be giving you the silent treatment? He's not giving you the silent treatment. He's talking to you. And so in this box, just write, what did God say to me today? What did God say to me? Maybe, maybe it was one word. Maybe it was one expression. Maybe it was one feeling, one sense in your heart. I would just encourage you to write that down. Now, what we're going to move to today is what's called your daily step. This takes, us, this takes us from what is God saying to me to what are you going to do about it. We've spent the last couple of years learning about how to hear God's voice. 
how to get to a place where we could hear God talking to us. We've been saying that being a disciple is learning, what is God saying to me now? What am I going to do about it? Every day, daily 20, this positions me to hear what God's saying to me. Now, daily step, today's step is what am I going to do about it? So when we talk about what I'm going to do about it, let's go back in and read this. Romans chapter 12, verses one through three says this. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. In other words, what, what Paul was saying in Romans chapter 12 is that you and I need to choose intentional humility, authenticity, and consistency. When we talk about a daily step, what I am challenging you and I in is that we would come to a place where we would be humble enough, we would be authentic enough, and we would be consistent enough to walk out what God has called us to walk out as his people, to really be disciples. To do that, we have to learn to recognize distractions. Romans chapter 12 Paul is saying to the people, he's saying to these disciples, you have to avoid distractions. I cannot intentionally accomplish the things that God has called me to accomplish if I'm constantly getting distracted, if shiny things are getting my attention. How many of you have ever tried to reach a goal, but you couldn't get to the goal? Oftentimes, what keeps us from the goal is distractions. Oftentimes, what keeps us from being the person God has called us to be are distractions. What Paul was saying to the church at Rome was you can't allow distractions to get in your way. You have to recognize them. Romans chapter 12, again, he says, do not, the, the very last verse of Romans chapter 12, he says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't be distracted. In the beginning of the chapter, he says, therefore, based on your identity, remember what James Clear said. James Clear said, whatever your identity is informs your choices and establishes these patterns in your life. Paul says, listen, because your identity is in Christ, don't be overcome by evil. Don't be distracted. When you choose your step today, when you choose tomorrow's step, when you choose intentionality, you're choosing as a disciple to say, I'm not going to be distracted by evil. Wow, pastor, you're throwing that word evil around a lot. Listen, if you've got health issues and you know, if you know there are certain foods that you shouldn't be eating, if you know there's certain things that you shouldn't consume because, because it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt those health issues in your life. Why, why do we play around with it? Why don't we just call it evil? That's what it is. I, I love you. But for some of us who struggle with diabetes, it's not a game. We need some boundaries in our life. Some of us who have financial problems, that plastic in our pocket, 
The corrupt financial system has convinced us that it's a tool that we have to have, but it's evil. Scripture calls it slavery. We need to stop playing with it. We need to go Dave Ramsey on it and cut it in half because it's evil. Some of us have lust problems. And we, we joke around. We act like it's not a big deal. And we allow room and space in our life. You don't need that bandwidth. Cut it off. Get rid of it. It's evil. See, here's the thing I love about Paul is Paul doesn't play games. He's like, let's just call it what it is. He said, if you'll, get intentional, if you'll get intentional about what is good and evil in your life, you'll start making choices and decisions. And, and here's, here's what's so pivotal to Paul's truth is Paul says, if you knew who you really were, if you knew the kind of health that you were supposed to be walking in spiritually, physically, emotionally, then you would draw different kinds of boundaries in your life because you would say, I'm not going to allow that to violate my identity. So I'm going to make different choices. I don't care about everybody else's choices. I don't care about everybody else's decisions. I don't care about what's fair or unfair. I care about what's healthy for me. As a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, I'm going to get intentional. I'm going to recognize distractions. I'm going to avoid being defined by my reactions. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. If you go through and read Romans chapter 12, Paul says, listen, if this happens, don't do this. If this happens, don't do this. Don't behave like this. Do this. He just, he starts calling out all of these reactions. And he says, listen, as a person who's not going to get distracted, I'm not reactive. Instead, I'm intentional. If you didn't hear anything else today, if you'll hear that, if you'll change that one small thing about your life, the choice to be intentional instead of reactive, you'll change every part of your life. Romans chapter 12 is Paul saying, you've got this identity that empowers you to be intentional rather than reactive. You are empowered to be intentional rather than reactive. So what is my today's step? Turn to the back part of this piece of paper. Remember, being a disciple answers these questions. What is God saying to me and what am I going to do about it? So how do I determine what I'm going to do about it? Well, first of all, I'm gonna choose a specific action. I'm gonna choose something specific today that I'm gonna be intentional about. Secondly, I'm gonna become aware of the traps that can distract me, can discourage me, can keep me from achieving what God has called me to achieve. Then I'm going to be intentional about how am I going to overcome those challenges. And then lastly, lastly, I'm going to identify what are the prompts, what are the triggers, what are the things that are going to help me to be successful. Very quickly, number one, specific action. Some of us say, I want to lose 50 kgs. What's your goal? I'm going to lose 50 kgs. How about 
today, how about today, the specific action for me today is when I get stressed or overwhelmed, I'm going to choose today to not let food be my stress reliever. And today, with my meals today, I'm going to have portion control. We make our goals so big and out there that some of us are stuck in a place where we, we never get them never get them accomplished. What I'm challenging you as a disciple, what I, what I believe Paul is very, very clear about is boil it down to simple this instead of this. Something specific. If you want to grow as a disciple, choose something today that you're going to ask the Lord to help you with. What is the one thing I'm going to do or not do today that will move me towards accomplishing the goal or being the person God has called me to be. What's the one thing? Just start with something today. Today, I'm not going to, it could be this, today I'm not going to overreact and be a jerk when my coworker says something rude to me. Because not, by not being a jerk, I'm more aligning with my Romans 11 identity. Maybe, maybe start right there. Oh, pastor, that's too simple. No, it's not. If I could just do that, if the Holy Spirit would just help me today, because see, I have a temper and they tick me off. And if I can just make it through the day without reacting That makes me tomorrow more like Jesus than I was yesterday. And that's being a disciple. I'm going to give a million rands to the church. How about, how about today, with a purpose in my heart, to just be obedient to tithe. Whatever the Lord gives me, just bring the first fruits. Maybe start there. Are you with me? Secondly, traps. What should I avoid today? Where are my vulnerabilities? Ask yourself the question, write it down. I dare you, I dare you to be intentional enough to start your day by saying, this is one thing I want to accomplish today. And here are two or three things that's going to get me derailed. It's that, it's not just how she says it to me. It's that look on her face. When she gets that look on her face, I know. If I drive this way to work, there's always gonna be a traffic jam. And that's always gonna, that's always gonna tick me off. Are you with me? If you can get intentional enough to identify your obstacles, it starts to empower you to overcome your obstacles. And that's the next thing. What's your escape plan? When it happens, when he gets that look on his face, when he says this, how are you gonna, what are you gonna do instead of what you would normally do? 
How does God want you to react instead of the way you would normally react? What truth does God want to replace the lie with? Can I encourage you to be intentional enough tomorrow to start your day by saying, what do, what do, I, what do I wanna accomplish today that is realistic? And what are some of the obstacles? And then how can I overcome those obstacles? And then the last thing, what are the prompts? This is probably the most significant part of this. Define your reason. What are your reinforcements? And then lastly, what are your rewards? Why? Why do you wanna have portion control tomorrow? Well, it's because I'm, I'm tired of what diabetes is doing to my body. Why? Why do, you, why do you wanna not lose your temper? Well, because I wanna have a relationship with my children that lasts beyond when they're in my home and I'm paying for everything. I wanna be their friend. I want them to call me. I want, them, I want them to be in my life when they don't need me anymore. I want them to choose me. So I'm not gonna be a jerk today because who I am today has everything to do with that relationship tomorrow. That's my why. I'm gonna write it down. I'm gonna remind myself. Reinforcements. If you go through Romans chapter 12, the whole time, Paul's talking about community, 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 community. You wanna know why many of us fail in our discipleship journey? And same reason why many of us fail with goals and dreams is because we have nothing or no one to hold us accountable. I've said this before. It usually makes people mad. But you can't be a Christian by yourself. There's no such thing. That's not in the Bible. It's actually the spirit of Antichrist. You can't be a Christian by yourself. Outside of community, you can't be a Christian. That's heresy. You have to have brothers and sisters. You have to have accountability. Oh, I'm an introvert. I don't want to talk to anybody. Get over it. Get over it. I need people. I need reinforcement. The whole, Romans chapter 12 says, you're not alone. Some of you are trying to overcome incredible habits and incredible burdens, and you're doing it wrong because you're trying to do it by yourself. Who are your reinforcements? Write it down. Here's their WhatsApp number. When I am overwhelmed and I'm about ready to explode, I'm going to WhatsApp Randy and I'm going to tell him, hey, hey, I need help. When I'm in that moment and I'm about to cross that line and do that thing that I know isn't who I really am, I've got somebody I'm going to reach out to and say, can you pray for me? Can you help me? Can you send some encouragement? Romans 12 says we have reinforcements. And what are your rewards? Paul says, listen, oh, children of God, everything that is God is ours. One of the most powerful parts of ingraining new habits in your life is when you win, win. Celebrate it. Portion control for a week means an avocado on Friday. 
Whatever, whatever that looks like for you. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be that big, but it's important that you reinforce that identity with acknowledging. Because like our daily bread, many of us have wins every day, but we don't celebrate them. All we do is focus on the negative. All we do is go back to our losses. And if you'll write down every day, here's my wins. If you'll do that over a week or two, what you're going to figure out is you are growing. You are getting stronger. You are becoming the person God called you to be.